Reading aloud to students is critical, and although students do need to read independently, so much comes out of a read-aloud. I learned early that no matter the grade level, older students definitely value and appreciate hearing a book read aloud to them. Through this act, you can easily embed various reading skills, reading strategies, as well as identifying writing skills too by way of the author. So today we are diving into effective read-alouds, how to choose them, and how to use them. If you're ready, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. We are on episode 107, and if you listened last week, you know that we started this whole series on read-alouds, and I'm so excited about this topic today. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. I am thrilled that you are here, and I love chatting all things literacy, so make sure that you listen to some other episodes that can assist you with anything literacy-related that you might want some ideas for. Now, I want to jump right in. So last week, I talked about some best practices that can make for a successful read-aloud experience for your students. If you have not listened to that episode, make sure to listen to episode 106 when you can. I truly hope that you left feeling inspired to truly look at your read-aloud time with students and see what you can try to incorporate in it. I know many of you are on board, but just uncertain with what types of books that you should be bringing into your read-aloud time and maybe even how to even find those texts. So we are going to take a deep dive into how you can choose effective read-alouds. First off, number one is using a variety of text. Now, not all read-alouds have to be the same. You can bring in picture books, chapter books, poems, news or magazine articles, biographies, any types of text like that into your read-aloud block of time. Now, sometimes I think that teachers feel safe with using picture books and chapter books and totally fine to use. I, for one, am a huge believer that picture books definitely should be used, especially in upper elementary. There is so much that you can bring out from the rich text and the rich images to your students and those should not be stopped once primary years are over with. So definitely bring those into your block, but there are so many other types of text that you can bring into your classroom by way of your read aloud. So during this time, I want you to think about using a variety of text. Now the next layer to this is to be able to think about your students and their experience with a read aloud. Maybe this is the first time that this is going to be structured in your classroom, or maybe this is the first experience that they are truly having with this part to the day. So for this, I want you to think about two words, enjoyment and interest. You will want to choose stories or texts that can respond and connect to children's interests and experiences because if it connects to those two things, 
you are going to get discussion out of them. You're going to get them sharing. You're going to get them thinking. You're going to get them making connections. And ultimately, when you can start developing that skill, when you start bringing in other types of text, they're going to know how they should be thinking and how they could be responding to that literature as well. There is a lot of power in choosing books with vivid pictures, a strong storyline, engaging characters, and expressive language. If you think about the books that students enjoy, they might be really humorous or they might be really predictable, and those are great to use. And they are particularly successful because for students who are new to the read-aloud structure or for those students who need to learn the basics of how to interpret read-alouds and how this works, those are going to be really, really great for their engagement and for them to be able to share their thinking along with. So think about whenever you are bringing in read-alouds, some of them have to serve a purpose for teaching and connecting to your teaching point, but you definitely want to bring in some text just for the pure enjoyment and interest of your students. Using effective read-alouds can also be really powerful when you're thinking about supporting content areas. Now, I like to refer to this as double-dipping, and that is when you can be able to use one particular piece of text, and it's going to be able to spread throughout multiple content areas. So an effective way to determine your read-alouds are by double-dipping into these other content areas that you're currently teaching or ones that you want to revisit. Can you bring in text to support other content areas? You sure can. Now, if you can find text to support those content areas, that is reading for a purpose and would make a great read aloud. This also gets in the teaching for those areas that you can reference during that specific subject block. You could even just start off with a stem like, do you remember when we read about the water cycle yesterday or when we read about the water cycle this morning? Then you can go ahead and make that connection and bridge that text with whatever your teaching point is for that specific subject. So maybe you're going to follow it up with, now we're going to be learning about a deep dive into evaporation or condensation or whatever it is that you want to talk about the water cycle with your students about. So making that connection to the text that you already read and then continuing using that entire block for teaching about the water cycle in that situation or doing an experiment with the water cycle is really great. And you're not even now having to front load that information in that science block. You can just start science with that experiment. So I love that this gives you a clear focus on building the background knowledge and that new vocabulary that might be tricky for students and you need to kind of front load by way of a text and then you can be able to follow up with that in your actual block. So I love double dipping when I can and read alouds make that really easy to do. Books read by authors. Now you can use books by a certain author and sometimes you can even find books read directly from those authors But this is a great way to hear the passion and expression of them actually reading their own books. After all, they wrote them and they can do a really great job of reading them and the way that they intended their audience to receive those words. It's also a great way to do an author study and pull out different skills like author's purpose, point of view, and any other key details that are unique to that specific author. 
These make effective read-alouds because students can dive deeper into an author and their style of writing, and many times the structures are the same in those series, and so these also make really great books so that students can be able to make more connections or they can compare and contrast those texts or those texts to another author's text. So series are really, really great when you think about being effective because once students kind of understand the pattern, they can then start thinking about all of the other topics or all of the other storylines that those authors are going into, and they can be able to start identifying with that text and then using that to shape their thinking when they're reading different texts. I am quickly interrupting this episode to share about a seasonal game changer. Have you ever wanted to teach about various holidays and seasonal events, but just can't figure out how to make it align with your standards or how to fit it into your schedule? Well, I have a solution that incorporates reading and writing skills. My Seasonal Literacy Activities Bundle includes over 20 special days and is great for whole group, small group, and literacy centers. Each set teaches the history of the holidays your students know and love or may not even be familiar with yet. It also includes comprehension questions and six different genres of writing tasks. You can now teach the meaning of holidays and special events with ease and alignment using this resource. Your students will be reading, discussing, and writing with a purpose. To check out the seasonal bundle, head to theliteracydive.com slash season. Audiobooks, video books, or podcast. Now, along those same lines of hearing authors reading their own text and books, this is a great segue into the next way that you can conduct read-alouds, and this is by incorporating audiobooks or video books into your block of time. Now, these are going to allow for listening comprehension in a way that's not directly from you. Now, I know that you have a lovely voice and I know that you're very animated, but sometimes kids just need to hear something different, and that's what this provides. Plus, with these options, students can actually focus on other voices, intonation and expression, and they might also be able to see interactive images or video along with that text, and it's just a whole different experience for them. This also gives you a break from reading, which... I know was always a highlight for me, resting my voice. I talk so much all the time. And so anytime that I can rest my voice and be able to let someone else do the reading, I am going to do it. Now, one of my favorite sites for audio and video books is BookFlix. And I love that site because it has a fiction and a nonfiction pairing. So both of them are interactive and engaging and we can pull out vocabulary and actually read the text in the nonfiction But the fiction version is a matching pair connected in some way, and it's all in video format. So it's just kind of like watching a short story on the screen, and I get to kind of relax and enjoy that with my students, and then we can do compare and contrast or any types of reading activities to follow up. Kid podcasts are also a great form of audio to experiment with, and this is a little bit newer. I did not always think about using podcasts for kids until I started learning how to do a podcast for adults and realizing how powerful it is. But I know that in the last couple of years, kids' podcasts have become so popular 
So you can definitely do a search for some kid podcast and use that as a way of sharing that audio to experiment with your students. And it's going to share information. It can be used during your read aloud time. And it's just another way that you can be able to get that learning in. The last angle that I want to take today when thinking about how you can make this read aloud time effective is considering the length of the text that you are reading. Now, for this, you want to really ask yourself, well, what is the purpose of this text? Why am I even bringing this to my students? What do I want them to get out of it? And once you identify the purpose, you might realize that you might not need the whole entire text. And I know this is shocking because I am a teacher who used to think I have to read the whole entire book to my students or I was doing them a disservice. But when you're thinking about your read aloud, because this time is only, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, you really have to be concise and precise and you have to make sure that you are zoning in on exactly what it is that you want your students to take away, what you want them to internalize and to remember. And so what that means is that this can be short or quick sections of a bigger text. Maybe you're only going to grab one little snippet of that. Trimming down a larger text and reading excerpts really helps to avoid getting lost in all these other elements, and it keeps you zoned in right on your teaching point. Because after all, we want our students to know exactly what it is we want them to learn from the text that we're reading to them. This is really key. I know that when I got observations, my administration would go directly to students and they would say, what are you working on? What is the skill that you're doing? What is the purpose of this? What is the teaching point? They would go right in for the kill. And so I find that if you can use smaller chunks of text and make sure that your students understand why they are even diving into this text, that is going to be better for you in the long run. So think about trimming down larger text if you need to and don't feel bad about that. We want them to know exactly what it is that they are focusing on and what they're supposed to be learning. So think about the length in terms of it might be finished, but it doesn't have to be finished. And this is also a great skill to model to your students because sometimes, yes, we want to read a book all the way through to completion. Sometimes we might abandon the text because we gave it a try and we find that it's really not a good fit for us and we have that choice to abandon it. And sometimes we just want to read a portion, but we want to invite students to finish the book on their own time after that initial exposure. And that's a great way to kind of do some like preliminary book tastings, like giving a little bit of a summary and then any student that's interested, they can go grab that book and learn more. So there's a lot of benefits to not reading the entire text, and sometimes you will want to read the entire text, but a lot of the time, when I do read aloud, I do not finish the entire book, or I do not finish the entire book in one sitting. And so some books can span across several days. I like to stretch it out. And this is really good because if you are stretching a book across two or three days, You can instantly start your block off with, what did we read about yesterday? What did we learn about? And you're automatically helping your students with recall and summary and all of those retelling strategies. So I want you to really consider thinking about your read aloud and do I need to finish this whole text in one sitting or can I stretch this text out across a couple of days? 
Make that decision, try it out, and there is no right or wrong answer, but I just want you to give yourself permission to knowing that you will no longer feel rushed during your read aloud if you do think about delivering this content in smaller chunks for your audience. Now, you might be wondering, okay, I got this. I can do this read aloud. I can do the chunking. I can think about approaching this, but where do I find these texts? Go to your local library. There are several books that you can grab there on similar topics, and that's a great way to do little small chunks and then being able to let students pick and finish those books. I loved ordering from Scholastic because I knew that these books would be kid-friendly and they might have certain levels that I knew my students could read if they wanted to explore more. And also, if I sent home the book order forms, I would gain so many points that I could actually get free books by using those points, and that's a great way to build up your read-aloud library. If you have any half-priced bookstores, I know that I've lived in several different places, and I could find a half-priced or a discounted bookstore in all of the cities that I've lived in, big and small, that I could get access to, and so those are great places to get Any books for a really inexpensive price, also like places like Goodwill, all of those places are great ways to get some read aloud and some extra text that your students might not have heard before. Streaming, audio, YouTube, BookFlix, any of those types of online platforms are great ways to get those audio types of books to introduce to your students. It's all about the different approaches to reading and any way that you can emphasize the topic and that passion that's coming out from that author. So I love doing animated video support for that very reason. Reading is powerful, and there are many more ways to make the time impactful and effective with your students. But to wrap this up, I want you to think about using a variety of text, bringing in text for enjoyment and entertainment and for student interest, supporting other content areas by way of your read aloud as this can front load information for students, using books in a series, or being read by the actual author, finding ways to incorporate audiobooks, videobooks, or podcasts into your read-aloud chunk of time, and considering the length of text that you are reading aloud to your students at any given time. This plays a part in the effectiveness of that read-aloud. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be continuing the discussion on read-alouds, and I may or may not have a special guest coming up for you soon, so come on back next Monday for the next episode in this read-aloud series. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram, at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.